Good day and welcome to the Frontline Chatter Podcast. My name is Jarian Gibson with co-host Andrew Morgan. And today we have Look at Where Labs on to, to talk to us uh, about their offering. Um, so Andy, how's it going today? Oh, everything's well. Um, all is well in the land of, uh, of leprechauns. Uh, I just wanted to uh, open up and say um, we're actually really happy to have Jason on with us today in regards to Liquorware Labs. Um, this is kind of our first Fender um, podcast, and we're, we weren't even sure we wanted to do it that way. And then the guys from Liquorware Labs reached out to us, and put, neither myself and Sharon really understood what you guys did. We, we were understood, you know, we understood the user experience side of things, but as we went through your presentation deck in the last couple of weeks. Um, the, the completeness of the of the solution was uh, was what really struck me and what really interested me about it. And I don't think enough people know about it. So, uh, Jason, um, thanks very much for coming along and talking to us. Um, I think our listeners are really going to enjoy uh, the story and what we're talking about today. So, um, kicking it over to you, can you tell us a little about yourself? Yep, sure. Uh, Jason Maddox here, CTO here at Liquid Over Labs. I'm kind of my history and background of... Uh, how I evolved over the years in the desktop. I actually was doing, you know, Citrix WinFrame and MetaFrame installations back in the 90s. Um, so I've been doing kind of hosted desktops in the data center for going to 15 and 20 years now. Um, and a lot of these tool sets that exist today and, and functionality exist today, um, as much as you could, were being solved with, you know, huge 10-page logon scripts in the 90s. So those were always fun to maintain. But um, went through uh, a stint there in doing a hosted desktop. I got into uh, the VMware backup space. I was one of the, the co-founders and creators of vRanger at Vision Core. Um, so that was a, a fun stint as well to kind of get in the server side of things. So now I had kind of server side and desktop experience brought together and I uh, rejoined my, my colleagues from Vision Core here at uh, Liquid War Labs uh, about four years ago now and uh, was really interested in, in the kind of the direction that the CEO, David Bemman, was, was taking the company. So I wanted to come on board and kind of help, uh, you know, make that vision happen, you know, from a, uh, a VDI and hosted uh, desktop standpoint. So I suppose, yeah, I mean, fascinating, you know, throughput. And I also noticed that um, that liquor labs are actually quite young. They're they're not a they they would be well established at that point, but they wouldn't be as around as long as some of the other EUC vendors out there. I mean, would you have joined right when liquor kicked off, or was uh, a year or two afterwards? About two years afterwards, um, and I think what you know to, to your comment about the company being a little younger, I think the uh, the management team has the experience in the space because uh, the CEO David Ben and myself were both doing the consulting back in the '90s, and how the company was really created was an acquisitions were done. Um, Profile Unity was an existing product that existed since almost the year 2000, but was under just kind of one guy, um, and then Stratosphere UX was VM Site and TNT Networks, so it was a security and technology that transformed itself into uh, analysis tool over time. So the technologies themselves, the core kind of engines have existed uh, for beyond the existence of just Liquid War Labs. So we've been able to take that core technology and bring it kind of that 21st century and bring it forward into this dynamic workspace that you know users live in today. Oh, that's that's really interesting to see. I know I mentioned, you know, I noticed before when we were talking that you know your 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 foundings were two thousand nine, but obviously the products that you you guys um, started off with were very mature. So that, that's um, that's 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 good to hear. You know, um, cool. So do you want to give us a little bit on the journey of Liquidware so far? Um, we've kind of covered it a little already, but um, you know, from the from taking Profile Unity and Stratosphere UX, what, what, where, how has the last five six years gone for Liquidware? 
Sure. So, you know, we definitely were um, kind of the first vendors in the, in the VDI space to really wave our flag in the VDI space and say, you know, look, we've got solutions for VDI. So, you know, when the f company was first founded, majority of our efforts were on Stratosphere Fit. You know, you wanted to assess, you know, the desktop that was in the in the uh, existing environment today. So the customer might have 5,000 desktops, 10,000 desktops, and you need to have an idea of what you're looking at. When you have, you know, distributed compute, there's not really too much of a user experience problem with distributed compute because everybody has their own set of CPU, RAM, memory, RAM, and disk. And when you look at applications, what applications do I need to care about from an IT perspective? And do I even understand what applications my users are even using? So having Stratosphere Fit do an assessment, you can look at that data to understand consumption. You can look at that data to understand what applications are in use. And then you, then you can take user experience score, and then you move on to UX. And as the market matured, Stratosphere UX has kind of helped. So we help you get from you know that desktop on your feet to a VDI or hosted desktop in the data center. Once you go to shared compute, you need to measure and monitor the user experience, and that where Stratosphere UX kind of evolved and has grown over the years. And then also on top of that, you know we've got Profile Unity helping to migrate that decentralized user author data and settings from that Windows XP machines or 2003 servers or Windows 7 and bring that into a, a portable format that can cross all barriers and boundaries for the user. So the, the history is we've continued to kind of give you that, that assessment, that design, that user experience monitoring, that migration, that portability. And then we also had, uh, as we mentioned before in your briefing with, with you, Andy and, and Jarian, we, we have acceleration to accelerate that desktop. And we've always been a fan of non-persistent VDI since day one, even though the market's helping to make persistent VDI. So, and I think a lot of the vendors are still are starting to embrace non-persistent even more, and customers always want non-persistent when you talk to them. So that that's kind of our journey, and we've definitely grown in the commercial space, in the federal space, and even in the OEM space. So we're, we're really proud to be privately held organization. We're not a puppet of a venture capital firm. So we're really proud of that. We're really an employee-owned organization. And we set our own direction, our own path in the market. So we're really excited and we really have a fire in our belly with almost every employee here. Everybody knows each other some way or shape or form. There's barely anybody here that's kind of brought in kind of from the outside. So it's a real tight-knit group and we're really excited to to accelerate this organization even more this year. Oh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, uh, you know, to, first of all, to, 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 as I mentioned already, I mean, the, the the completeness of your offering in the user space is is really good. You know, I mean, you guys are doing everything from uh, you know uh, inventory and and you know pre pre project. Uh, uh, data gathering. You're doing the monitoring and the and the health check and compliance as you, as you go through your project. You're doing the profile unity piece. So you, you're 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 gathering up the profile data. You've got application, um, you know, containerization. You've got you've you've got and then of course the Flex IO product as well, which is 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 then tackling the storage piece. So yeah, I mean. My, I wasn't a I wasn't particularly uh, aware of what Liquidware were doing up until uh, our, you know our recent uh, interaction. I've always been an Aria software uh, consultant and engineer just because it's what I've I've been used to. But I was really blown away by the offering. Um, you know, it, it's uh, so compliments to you guys, uh, and I love that the idea of you you, you kind of leading your own destiny i mean you guys are are sound like a bunch of texts who just want to you know fix problems and and move forward with that so you know what can you tell me about um what, what's next and you know what, what is liquor looking at really focusing in on 2015 and uh, and going from that point onwards you've covered off these four key points but what what else is there going 
Yeah, so the one thing I didn't mention around is application layering. You know, application layering for us, we've started that that journey a couple years ago, um, and, and it was an okay effort. It was a 1.0 effort. Now we've really come out and we're going to be hitting the market hard with a 2.0 approach to application layering. A true non-persistent application layer that's a consistent delivery of an application every single time it's delivered to a physical, to a virtual, to a Zen app, a Zen desktop, a VMware view, a vWorkspace, uh, whatever you might have, as long as it's a Windows OS, we can deliver a non-persistent app layer to the desktop. So that's a big focus for us for uh, 2015 is launching that technology here in June as general availability beta here in just a few days. We literally have beta bits on my desk ready to be tested by QA and QA is going through it actually, as we speak actually. Um, so that that's where we're focused on the layering side. And then on the stratosphere side, we're going we're continue to innovate and provide deeper metrics into metrics that are just unheard of in the industry. You know, we're giving you uh, browser metrics and and you know how the browser is doing. We're giving you um, login breakdown at a detail that's never been seen before. You know, what are all the things that Windows really does during a login that you just don't know about? And when you go to go to the help desk and you say I had a long login. You know where do they go? They don't know where to go. They got to go enable logging. They got to go to the event viewer. They got to go to so many different places. And then a level one help desk can't even consume or, or process all those different events. So we're going to give you ability to have a level one, level two, and level three look at a login breakdown. And we're going to continue to innovate in those user experience metrics and provide more metrics the market's never seen before that do expect how uh, uh, how a user uh, gets their desktop and how they experience their desktop. Um, I guess the last thing I'll say is Linux VDI is coming around the corner. So I can't speak to anything specifically about what we'll be doing additional there, but I can tell you what we have now is we can monitor a, uh, a, a subset of user experience on Linux already. We do have a handful of customers running Linux VDI, um, and we've added new functionality for looking at um, you know metrics around NFS mounts. You know, Linux desktops don't generally use SIFs; uh, they generally use NFS. So we can give you those uh, user experience metrics of how throughput and bandwidth and you know uh, I/O for NFS mount. Yeah, that, that's really good to, to hear that you guys are actually already looking on, on the Linux side as well because. You know, VWorkspace has had Linux virtual desktops for, for years now. You have VMware announcing a beta, Citrix announcing a beta. So it, it's good that with, within your monitoring and, and your tool set that you can already provide insight into those virtual desktops today. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, and Linux is actually, um, a lot of our code is for our connector ID, the piece, the agent that monitors it. That code actually is written in, in C language, so it's actually used across Windows and Linux. And then we just tweak based on what metrics are available and we can pull based on the OS. So it's something we've actually been doing for a long time and I have some production experience with as well. So we're excited to see that happen. It'll be interesting to see how the market adopts Linux. And I think there's um, lots of room for... Um, I don't want to give too much away here about what we're thinking about. We haven't committed anything internally, but there's I think there's room for tool sets to help the novice Windows administrator uh, embrace a Linux desktop when necessary. And I think there's a lot of room for tool sets there. Oh, I absolutely welcome that. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poke you anymore in, in regards to that topic because I know you're threading on the line of, of um, IP but uh, I, I welcome that news, I absolutely do. Since the tech previews have gone live from both VMware and Citrix, I, I've been 
effectively using Linux desktops for my day-to-day work. And you know what? It's actually pretty good. I have, I have no complaints. I can do what I need to do. Everything is pretty much in a browser or an open office. I have had a little bit of funnies around, you know, document format and that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's completely away from this conversation. You, you touched on something um, earlier on today uh, that we've we've had a couple of conversations about, and it's a very hot topic. And I think it's going to be a hot topic going into Synergy too. Um, application layering. So you guys mentioned, uh, you know, a beta and how you're moving forward. Well, let, let's dig into that. What are you doing with FlexApp and FlexDisk? Yep. So, so FlexApp and FlexDisk. Um, FlexDisk is our disk delivery. Um, we can deliver an application layer with a VMDK that as long as the desktop broker is on VMware hypervisor and virtual center, we can deliver a VMDK to that desktop and use whatever storage you have available to your, your infrastructure. That's our disk delivery for that application layer. We can also do VHD, where VHD works for physical or virtual and doesn't care the hypervisor and doesn't care about the broker. Um, as we look at you know the choice the customer might make, if they've got a network that's conducive to a VHD, they can definitely get away with it. Um, if they want to accelerate certain applications even beyond what their, their network can do, they want to use their 8 gig or 12 gig or even 16 gig fiber channel, they can definitely do that as well. We can mix and match how we want to deliver an application layer. But when it comes to VMDK delivery, there's a there's a, a key component for us to make sure that we are highly available and scalable out of the box because in this business at Liquid Labs, we tend to have a lot of enterprise customers. We go down the stack as well to that you know, 100, 200 user accounts. But we have a lot of enterprise customers that are pushing the 25,000, 50,000 user count with our UEM solution. So we need to make sure we can scale out of the box with VMDK delivery. And with that architecture, we have a design that it's self-scaling and self-clustering out of the box in a way that doesn't require any registry hacking or doesn't require any load balancers in the network. We are self-contained database and uh, messaging fabric uh, that's clustered in a clustered system so that we participate in ensuring that a user gets a disk no matter what happens in the infrastructure. It's a little hard to describe in the, in the granular detail without an image, but in the end we're, we're pushing hard on its point-and-click HA, point-and-click scalability. We can go up to 50 nodes or more if we have to and scale in an environment. Um, out of the box, you need at least three to be HA. Um, so we're excited about that. And then when it comes to layering itself, we've designed the layering technology to be uh, compatible with assigning application layers that are individually contained. So that means lifecycle management means you only have to take down one application to maintain one layer. We're not grouping applications into a single you know, disk delivery. To a, you know, we are avoiding the need to take down multiple applications just to do a small update. And the last thing is we're making it compatible so we can assign the applications at the user level. We're designed that no matter if the application has a printer, a driver, a service, is an MSI, doesn't matter what the application is, our technology is designed. We can deliver that application at the user level, we don't have to sign to the machine uh, to get around inability in the architecture. Architecture lends us to be able to do that. So as far as um, going back there, you know, um, about the VMDK versus the VHD, um, is most of the, the stuff you described with the three nodes and the clustering and the self-contained, is that all based on the VMDK ar architecture, or is that both for VMDK and VHD, or is there any differences you know, in, in those two different deployment methods? It's a really good question, actually. Um, so when it comes to the clustering, we only need the clustering for the VMDK. When it comes to VHD, 
because we have a kind of a detached model where you have an instruction set or a configuration that you drop onto a replicated file share, you can actually take our console and shut it off. Um, because the configuration is on a replicated file share, generally net logon, it has the instruction set of what user get what's, what VHDs when they log into the system. So it allows us to provide high availability and highly scalability on VHDs without having to have an infrastructure overhead and management. Very nice. Um, so you know, so if I'm Zen server or Hyper V, it doesn't matter because we're just doing that directly from Windows with with that mount VHD on upon logon, right? That's exactly right. Very nice. One thing I missed, and um, cor correct me if I'm wrong here, um, this supports both ODS and VDI, or is it just VDI? No, that we'll actually do uh, VHD for RDSH, uh, View RDSH, and ZenApp. You can also do VMDK for uh, ZenApp, and we can also do VMDK for uh, RDSH View. Okay, so you've pretty much locked this market off. And just one thing I wanted to I wanted to touch on. I mean, historically, um, application compatibility and packaging has always fallen down in and around drivers and services. Just to point out and double confirm what you've said there, you can actually do drivers and services and everything like those kind of things in your layers. That's exactly right. We can do um, printers, drivers, services, the iTunes helper service. We can do all of those things within the layers. We've made sure that you know the, the roadblocks, there's a minimal number of roadblocks possible. I mean, even antivirus, after you install it, doesn't need reboot nowadays. We could actually do antivirus, and we've done it before. We've tested it. Not that it's recommended, but we can actually do something like antivirus as well. Wow. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say kudos because I think that that little point will will be missed by a lot of people. But that is one of the biggest fall downs at the moment with the with the technologies in the market. So I just wanted to make sure that was covered off. So um, yeah, I mean, let's talk about application layering, though. I mean, why is it important in EUC, in your opinion? I mean, I, I mentioned packaging and, and that kind of that kind of uh, deployment factory before, but why is it such a core focus for you guys? Yeah, I, th I think it's a core focus because we see you know a problem in the marketplace, whether it is persistent or non-persistent. Um, you know, we personally, as engineers, like the non-persistent model, um, but some customers want the easy button when it comes to you know persistence. But we think that with layering and a solid UEM solution, something like our profile disk technology, which is a local profile on a VHD or VMDK that travels from one desktop to another with you. So if you have the entire profile on a VMDK or VHD, then you have all your applications being layered in via VMDK and VHD, you can take a non-persistent desktop finally and have the easy button for uh, the equivalence of persistence and the user doesn't know the wiser. But if you decide that you want persistence or non-persistence, you should have the freedom to remove the entire image without losing a beat in the user experience, whether that's persistent or non-persistent. And that's the primary goal, I think, that we're trying to provide. Because in a persistent environment, you know, if you, if you do hit the easy button and you leave the local profile in the OS and all the applications in the OS, you've got to reprovision, you know, recompose the OS, you know, just to do an application update. Let's get all the base, let's get all the applications out of the base image. Let's have a utopia where the VMDK that we're using or you know for the hypervisor slash broker is universal and you have the least number of pools possible and it's based on the user that logs into the pool I could have the same pool for accounting and marketing and the user using the same pool for marketing is not going to get the QuickBooks package and the, and the, the marketing and the accounting user is not going to get Adobe uh, Premiere you know, layered into the operating system. So I should be able to reduce the number of images, reduce the number of pools, re-image at will without Using losing a user experience uh, hiccup at all when it comes to the user layer or the applications. 
Understood. Okay. So, you know, previously when we were having a, a talk about this, and it's not something I'd really t- thought about in, in, in great detail, but you alluded to that there may be some security nuances or concerns around layering in general out there. Could you talk us through that, 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 that indication or that feeling that you had? Um, I think, I think uh, you know, it's going to help in the security side of things when it comes to application layering. Um, you know, we're able to provide a non-persistent application layer to the operating system. So if the, if the desktop is infected for some reason, um, those infected files will just get thrown away when the user logs off and logs in. Same reason why non-persistent would be valuable as well. So you have a non-persistent OS and a non-persistent application layer. If the user ever gets infected from opening uh, something that looks like a PDF in their email, um, the OS is thrown away and so is the application layer is thrown away. So the, the, the executables and DLLs are no longer infected. So it's, a, it's almost a throwaway OS and application layer so it's going to help protect against uh, security vulnerabilities uh, as well when it comes to viruses. That, that's a that's a that's an interesting point. I'd never I'd never really thought about that before because obviously when you're separating all your apps out into different areas and you're, you're capturing things off and leaving your base image alone on restart, you're yeah you're, you are you are absolutely clearing that down. So so that is interesting. Um, yeah okay. So I mean we've been talking a lot about um, persistent versus non-persistent in this call, and this is a conversation that everybody has been happening for for the longest amount of time. Obviously with the with the shift in the market now with with hyperconverged infrastructure and all that kind of stuff moving forward, uh, there does seem to be a much bigger call for persistent VDI. I'm just wondering, you know, what are your thoughts on that uh, trend? Are you seeing that trend yourself? And I mean, do your do your technologies also lend themselves to stateful desktops? Yeah, so everything we do does work on a persistent desktop and non-persistent desktop, and everything we do also works on physical desktops as well. Um, So I think the challenge has been, again, customers want that easy button for a persistent desktop. They want and or the user to be able to install their own applications as part of that need. Um, The technology hasn't matured. It's just now maturing in literally this year to help me have a non-persistent desktop with the equivalent user experience of persistence. Um, And I think, you know, if you look at, you know, what are you doing with with a persistent desktop? You have a local profile that has everything the user's ever done in it. And then you've also got the applications either in the base image, and then the user may or may not be able to install their own applications. So that's kind of your easy button. Well, think about what's happening with application layering. The applications come out of the base image. They're layered in. You have a VMDK or VHD by us. That's the entire profile. So that's your local profile you're looking for. And then we have you know user-installed applications, which based on policy, not letting the user be an admin, you can let them install certain applications that they are allowed to install that's been pre-screened by you as an administrator and put on a read-only network share saying you can only install these. These are unmanaged by IT, but I'm okay for you to install them at will when you need them. So I think the technology is uh, catching up to where non-persistence can provide the same functionality um, as persistence. Um, and if you choose persistence, there's still a benefit because you can have a clean base image for persistence and have delivery to that persistent OS, at least at the application layer. And it's going to help you manage that persistent kind of VM sprawl that you're going to ha- have eventually over time. So looking at the um, looking at your product model, obviously at the moment, and you know you guys cover off so much. I mean, you've got your Stratosphere uh, suite with your you know your your data gathering and reporting. You've got Profile Unity. You've got Flex.io. I mean, 
with the exception, or well, not really with any exception. I mean, your your, your profile unity can can add value on top of persistence. Your your application layering. I mean, even if users are installing their own applications, there's nothing to say IT can't provision known applications out to persistence using that technology. Uh, you, the reporting function is always going to be required, irregardless, or sorry, regardless of what the uh, of what the technology is. So yeah, I mean, I think well, I, I I think I'd, I'd echo what you're saying. There there is there there's quite a good fit here for for you know the liquidware labs suite even even with persistence would that be a fair statement yeah you're absolutely right i think the the key with persistence is everybody has their own image in the end potentially so you would like to be able to just reimage the machine at will well if you have profile unity in place the user profile has been abstracted from the OS, so you can reprovision or blow away an operating system because over time, if you have a persistent OS, just like a physical desktop, you get desktop rot, either from the user or from Microsoft themselves, and you will lose that desktop at some point and need to re-image. So if you can recouple everything back in and relayer everything back in, the user did and or IT needs to have done, then you can re-image at will and recompose that persistent desktop at will. Awesome. I, yeah, I absolutely echo that. It's um, it's uh, as I said, we were we were blown away by the by the offering when we, we had the we had the luxury of, of going through it was with you. Um, thanks again for that. Um, so I mean, as as we we come up to the to the thirty minute mark, I just wanted to um to close down and you know really get get to know you a little more. Uh, as aside from you know just J Jason and, and Liquidware. So w w one thing we always like to ask our our our, um, our panelists are what technologies away from your your primary business are you currently looking at? What excites you out there in the IT world that isn't your day job? Oh, that isn't my day job. Um, I think I, I'm, a, I'm a real big component of kind of uh, personal media in trying to find the best way to store personal media. Now, it's going to bleed over a little bit, but, you know, uh, my wife has an iPhone, I have an iPhone, we have all these pictures everywhere. So, you know, how do we print? How do we store on a, a you know, RAID 1 system at home? How do we also have it in the cloud? Um, so th those type of experience. I'm also really interested in uh, uh, solar generation. I actually have solar panels on my house and, and going green. So I, I, uh, I'm always interested in kind of what's coming from Tesla from a car or a, a battery standpoint. So I'm always interested in kind of watching that market evolve. And my solar panels have been great for me, taking my um, you know, electric bill down by 80% in the last month uh, since uh, we've kind of moved around the sun where we're at today. So that that's really exciting for me. Um, and I'm going to continue to watch kind of uh, the 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 self-sustaining uh, power to continue to grow and, you know, solar roadways and, and things like that are, are interesting as well. Yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, that's one thing too. I've, I've been actually looking into to solar power for, for my house as, as well. So it's it's good to hear someone with some great experience with it and, and seeing how much you're getting eighty percent savings from it. You know, doing what you can to to kind of help and not be so much of a you know have so much energy usage from from the grid. So that, that's really good to hear. I don't think it would be very applicable to Ireland, sadly, because we only get we only get rain. The only differentiation between our seasons is whether the rain is warm or cold. So, um, yeah, solar power isn't gonna isn't gonna hit much of a button with me at this present time. Although that's just I should probably look into it. Uh, just in regards to your to your pictures comment, though, I have the exact 
same problem. The rate at which my wife takes photos on her iPhone is not, it's not even funny. I mean, the, Apple should not be allowed to sell a 16 gigabyte, gigabyte iPhone anymore. It just fills up with photos in a matter of days. And then all of a sudden, I've got to figure out where I'm going to put her photos. It is a, it is a real pain. Uh, have you come up with a good idea? Because at the moment, I'm, 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 I'm a mix between kind of Dropbox and free accounts and NAS storage and basically whatever is available to me. Yeah, so I haven't found the cloud solution that I'm happy with just yet. Besides what's built into the you know the phone, uh, whatever Apple provides for uh, their backup functionality. Um, right now, I've just been using uh, Picasa mostly, and then I do a monthly scrub of the phones into my my home NAS, my RAID one NAS at home. Um, to ensure that I've got redundancy on all those pictures, because obviously nowadays you take so many, you don't print them all. But then I have been printing, uh, doing mass printing, so I print a year at a time uh, into a book. And then as my uh, two boys grow up, we kind of have these volumes of, you know, this is 2009, this is 2010, this is 2011. So you don't have to go into the computer. You can actually have a physical book of this is the whole year of, of candid and non-candid pictures. So it's been kind of fun. That's a cool idea. I like that. Uh, I must look into that myself. Um, okay. Well, anyway, uh, look. Th this was this was really uh, this is a great podcast. I really appreciate you coming along. I mean, obviously, there's it, we're coming into conference season now. If people want to learn more about you, are you going to be at Synergy, or where should they go to learn more about Liquidware? Yeah, we're definitely going to be at Synergy. I'll be there myself as well. So this is uh, our biggest Synergy presence to date as we uh, support the, the Citrix platform with our layering technology. Um, and, you know, gen generally we're, we're going to be at VMware VMworld as well in August. So we're definitely at the major conferences uh, twice a year. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited. And they definitely can visit, you know, liquidwarelabs.com. All of our software is, you can self-trial it by yourself. And we're definitely here to help you if you want to have any assistance to your trial and see how it can provide value for you. Um, I had one one additional question before we, we sign off today, and I was wondering about this too. So with um, with like so the the Flexio product, you're you're all uh, vSphere based today. Are there any plans to move into any other hypervisors in the future? Anything thought about? Yeah, the the Flexio is definitely vSphere based, and it's uh it's that way because of the automation we put into it. If you guys ever installed it in your labs, it's literally a next next finish install, and you have an NFS data store online within eight minutes. That's accelerated from two hundred IOPS to twenty five thousand IOPS. So it's pretty cool tech. And every time we get into a bake off with anybody, we always win. It's kind of a, a hidden gem out there in the market that's not really being leveraged by the by the industry. But um, you know, right now we don't have any pull for. Um, you know, Hyper-V or, or a Zen, um, you know, the, the traction even in the VMware space isn't as, as great as we'd like. Uh, we have some happy customers running it, and they never call support, so it's kind of one of those things that just, just runs and works. Um, but um, we're not seeing as much traction as we do like layering or UEM or, uh, or Stratosphere. So until we see more traction in, in kind of the current hypervisor that it's in, um, you know, then maybe we'll think about doing something in the, in the Hyper-V side. So that's so that's the key thing. I mean, I, I think that's the key thing about Liquidware is, is just, the, as I mentioned previously, the, the completeness of vision. I mean, the fact that you have a, a hypervisor layer accelerator that you'd normally need to go and pay a se you know for a separate vendor to come in and talk to you to do is 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 what I mean by that. I mean, you've got the UEM, you've got the layering, you've got the the IO acceleration, you've got monitoring, you've got the tracking. Like it, it really is there, and I think that's what really captured us. You know. Yeah, and I think if you were to look at all four of those vendors, that different vendors that do all those things and add up their costs, there's a whole different cost comparison 
if you had to buy individually those four vendors versus just from us. Yeah, because you guys have, have a suite, and I believe you guys are pretty competitively priced w with your suite as well. Yeah, that's right. The, the suite covers the three vendors, and you can also throw in the flex out of that suite as well. And it's still going to be cheaper most of the time than a single vendor within that stack. And, yeah, what, go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say, what more do you want? I mean, um, cool technology, lots of different use cases, and a good price to boot. <laughs> so, exactly. Win, win, win. So, yeah, so, um, so closing down here and, and signing off today, you know, thank you, Jason, for, for joining us. Um, you know, for those of you that are going to be going to Synergy, be sure to stop by their booth and, and check out their, their offerings and, and some of the new features and, and uh, functionality they'll be adding to their product suite. Um, anything else to add today before we sign off today, Andy? No, no. Um, I will be, well, I'll be front and center to go over and, and meet Jason in person at Synergy, and um, let's hope he'll just buy us a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Always up for a beer, so glad, glad to buy the, buy the first round. You guys got the second. <laughs> Sounds good. So we'll be sure to to to, to come by the booth and, and and formally meet you in person. You know, and, and again, thank you for for taking the time to talk with us today. And uh, we appreciate your, your time. And um, for myself and Andy, this is a Frontline Chatter podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. <laughs>